It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 596 of Television of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined, as always, by the two industry leaders, Ben Funky Askren, who recently got his eye split not by Logan Paul or any MMA adversary. That's this one right here. What happened, buddy? Uh, listen, I, there's this one kid. There's this one kid I, I do lessons with. I will not throw him under the bus here. He's he's good, but he's always doing strange stuff, and I always manage to like kink my neck or something wrestling him. I I hit a nice boom past the arm. I shot in, and he just didn't move his leg out of the way, and boom, knee right face, uh, eyeball right in the knee, and uh, split open. Oh man! Well, no big deal. T- cool. Taped it up. Kept kept working out. It was all good. Yeah, um, Natalie Piles. She has a black eye from a snowball fight. So two elite athletes yeah. getting injured this weekend, but yeah, no worse for Gary. So we are yeah. in. Hey, yeah, wait, I want to ask. I want to ask. Hold on. I got some serious. What? Who did you guys piss off that you can't do the show at HQ anymore, and now you're in your mom's basement? Well. One, I think first of all, you should thank our mothers that we can stay in the basement. I think some moms are are really accommodating to do that and let their kids come back in their basement well past, um, you know, their college years. But no, we're actually, you know, it's we were just talking about before the show hotels anymore. It's a nice hotel here in, in, in Lincoln. It's a nice place, but they don't do the overhead lights anymore. So, yeah, we are. We we completely moved the room. Um, Bracky snapped a chair, allegedly, allegedly snapped a chair accidentally in the moving process. We put two lamps in front of our faces. This is the best we can do right now. If you're watching the video, I know we don't look great to begin with. The lighting situation doesn't help, but at least we're getting a show because last week, Thursday and Friday, I said we were doing shows and we didn't do shows. And I hated that. Believe me, we all hated it. But, um, so yeah, we're doing it from the hotel room, but what happened? So Wednesday night. We found out DTJB is not going to happen Saturday, but we weren't like able to announce that on Thursday because we're like, getting everything coordinated. But I was like, but surely by Friday, you know, we would have everything everything figured out with the reschedule and this and that. But it's 
these things just take time. So then I didn't want to do a show Thursday or Friday, like, cause we wouldn't have announced pretending that David Taylor and Jordan Burroughs were going to wrestle Saturday when we knew that they weren't. So we just didn't do the show and didn't do the show. And then, um, DT was like, Hey, let's, um, you know, let, let's do something. I think he was just kind of itching and it worked out awesome that we were able to do an FRL with him on Saturday. And, um, so that was great, but it wasn't like the regular FRL. We got to talk about everything that's going on, but now we're here. We drove, um, from Austin, Texas to Lincoln Brutal. yesterday. We piled in a van. That's um, a you missed it. Trip, it was a fun road that trip. So long. Yeah, right. Vader was sticking it up. Vader was farting and yelling and who knows what else he was doing. Bader was sneezing, but Bader always sneezes. He was not um, gaseous, um, okay. Particularly That's good. It was good, man. Um, there, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't seem that bad. And the last like three-ish hours, Bracky was able to rig it so they could watch the national championship game from the hot football? spot. And it, football. Yeah. Wow. Football. Okay, Bracky. We had nice that going in, in the van. We had some tunes going. Um, yeah, it was fun. We had a lot of fun. So we're here now. We didn't get a ton of sleep, but who cares about that? We're in Lincoln. We got a show tomorrow. David Taylor and Jordan Bros is happening. And, you know, honestly, kind of taking it back slightly, when I heard no DT JB on Saturday, I was immediately like, oh, no, I don't know if it'll ever happen, or at least before or until, like, the Olympics are done. Because Jordan, remember, he originally wanted to do this in December when, you know, and then start – getting smaller again right because he's going 74 kilograms now he's going up to 86 for this i think he said on rogan which that's a saga too i mean if you haven't listened to that jordan burrows was on the freaking joe rogan show i know maybe that's not a big deal to someone like ben who has also been on the show but <laughs> I, it was it was freaking awesome and uh he said he weighed like 183 that morning so he obviously is not gonna be able to like hang around there for another month or so he's gonna work his way down so I knew that, man, we were, they're really gonna have to thread the needle to get this in. Had to come, Jordan had to come back to Lincoln. So we said, shoot, let's do it in Lincoln. DT would have, I think DT would have wrestled him in Anchorage. If it had come down to it, he really wants to wrestle this match. So it's happening. It's happening here in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. And we couldn't be more excited. You know, what's so refreshing um, is, and I was just thinking back from my time a few years back, I was, I was reflecting on this when I was trying to get guys to wrestle pro matches. Um, and it was like pulling freaking teeth. Everyone said no. And you guys had this happen last week. So first of all, first of all, you convinced David and Jordan to keep the match on, which was five days later, which was really awesome. But then you got Jaden and Nate and you got Joey McKenna and Seth Gross. And it's just so awesome to see like, uh, and I, I know we're in infancy, but this thriving uh, infrastructure of pro wrestling matches where, hey, you guys have five days. No, okay, we'll be there. That's so awesome. Yeah, it, it was awesome. And I I mean, I I give a lot of credit to those guys. Those guys didn't know Saturday night if they were wrestling. They didn't know really. I mean, I mean, Jaden, you know, he, he kind of announced it on the show, but yeah. that wasn't like even a done deal at that point. Um and so for them to on that short of notice be like hey let's do it i mean that's a that's a thing and, and to your point ben it's like when guys are hitting the senior level it's just hard to get them to compete and now it's more and more ingrained i think for i think another thing it's like they maybe through this time they've come to 
maybe have a further appreciation for the value of wrestling matches and how that can be like part of your progression. Like I know for Jaden, yeah. I talked to him pretty extensively on Saturday night and you know, he, he knows it's important for him to get more matches, right? He knows he, he had a 10 month or whatever layoff from his last match. And um, so he was excited to get another match in and, and continue to wrestle and progress. And um, you know, Nate Jackson, this guy's, log more mat time than, than maybe anyone and we need to do like a, a COVID-19 guys, tracker yeah. like who's wrestled the most because Nate Jackson's got to be up there Nate Jackson's well, up there Co- probably got there. It. he's wrestled in a number of cards plus the RTC Cup and Beat the Streets um, oh yeah it might be Seth James Green well, James we got to count the guys who did the, the tournaments too because they got the 95 and 150 because that means they got three matches in one night and then whoever also did the rtc cup got five matches so i mean if they did the 150 tournament and or so one of the tournaments and the rtc cup they likely got about eight matches between those two yeah yeah so guys are are wrestling more it's been cool and yeah i honestly when i think mike mal was the first one to suggest joey mckenna seth gross i was like no way it's like Seth's not going to do that. It's like Joey McKenna's too big. He's wrestling. What is Seth's weigh in at uh, on Saturday or Friday or whatever? Uh, right the, the weight was um, 61. Hey, he put it in 60? the chat. He'll look it up. It was at 60. I think it was at 60, 61, I thought. But um, I thought he looked bigger than Zane for sure. It kind of um, didn't look super sucked out at all. All right, we got it right here. It was at 61 kilos, and they both weighed in exactly 61. 61 even. He'll, he'll, yeah, he'll obviously be smaller than Joey McKenna. I can't imagine he'll weigh in all the way up at 65, um, which is where I'm assuming they're doing the match because, man, that just seems too far over 57 if he's got to make that in two months now or whatever. Yeah, I can't imagine he's going to be a full 65, but I think he's just – he's about that life. Uh, so why don't we – before we get into the full card, we should talk about Saturday night, man. What what an awesome night of wrestling that was. Yeah. Um, starting with the headlining match, Tamara Mensa-Stock takes out Adeline Gray 4-0. Adeline really never that close to scoring. Tamara fired off one attack. She got a takedown and a turn. And really, that was... That was the extent of it. Um, ben, your your overall thoughts on the performance from Tamara? Yeah, I thought it was outstanding. I mean, so if we, if we rewind back, Tamira, she's just been like, I don't want to say on this rocket ship, but she's went like this, you know, to the point where she never really made a world team in 2016. 2017, she makes the world team, and I think she took ninth or 10th of the world championships. Um, and that that was also the year that she lost Adeline. I want to say it was 7-1, to one, fairly convincingly. Um and she well obviously won the world title in 2019 in fairly dominant fashion. And with her move up and win over Adeline Gray, I think you could make an argument for her being the best women's wrestler pound for pound in the world. Um, so just, you know, over that last cycle, yeah. we've seen someone who's gotten so much better. And yet, yes, you you nailed it. She didn't let Adeline close to scoring. I mean, Adeline wasn't, there was not a moment where it was like, oh my gosh, she's about to get her here. It was, just, it, was it was very convincing. Well, I think the whole time I was waiting because Adeline just kept going one way, one way, one way. I was like, and you'll see wrestlers do that. They'll go one way, one, and just kind of really get the their opponent thinking, all right, they're only coming this way. And then, boom, attack the other side. And it just never came. There was never another option that she went to. She was just going for this same 
um, swing single, the majority of the time she wasn't able to get to her, her high single. And it really, and, and one other thing that was interesting about that one was Tamara weighed in at like 74 kilograms or something like yeah. that, which really surprised me. I, I figured she would be like 70 or something, something along those well, she's lines. Making, and she's really, making 70 this week, Christian. I mean, 68 plus two in France. So, um, it must not be hard for her to pull that weight back off because she's going to make it in what, just a couple of days. Yeah. She, she weighed in at 74.3 to Adeline 75.1. And I, and speaking of that, she, when she was on the Bader show, she seemed, cause Bader asked her how, how much do you think you'll weigh? Like how much size do you think you'd be giving up? And she's like, I'll, I'll be right there. Like I'll, I'll be right there. Yeah. And, uh, Close to seventy six kilos, and she was. She must have a, a pretty. Her cut must be pretty uncomfortable down to sixty eight. I would imagine yeah. if if she's walking around at seventy four, you know, six kilos. That's that's no that's no walk in the park. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, I, I was kind of shocked. Go ahead. I was shocked she didn't get put on the clock. Um, which listen, as long as she keeps her composure, it doesn't really change the match whatsoever. It's four one instead of four zero. But usually you see in matches where there's no scoring. So the four points all happened in one in one sequence when she got the takedown and the turn. I think that was about halfway through the first period. So we're talking there was four and a half minutes of the match where there was no scoring at all. And really not even a lot of like, I don't want, not a lot of wrestling where they were connected, you know, because she was so good at keeping Adeline at bay. Um, it is so rare where you see four and a half minutes of, of wrestling like that go on and no one is put on the clock. So I don't think it changes the match, but I was, I was surprised by that. Yeah. I think there's, there's something, I mean, just in wrestling, you, you can't incentivize evasion to that level. Even what, whether it has an impact on the match is immaterial. It's the, it's the, yes. the point of the thing. And it's why we have passivity. doesn't matter if you're up nine Oh or four Oh, you can absolutely be passive and I thought it I thought it was strange and it was something so when we're doing these shows, Ben and Mike are in our ears and we're all sitting there. We can't hear their dialogue and you know, like a minute in or a minute and a half in, Ben's like, How is how's she not getting worn? How's she not getting worn? And Mike's like So they were having a little side conversation about like why where's the shot clock? How's this not happening? And it was funny because it didn't even enter my mind at that point until you said it. I was just like, I don't know if I was just so lasered in on the match and what was happening there and like waiting for Adeline to score that I didn't even consider it. And then, then it's all, it's one of those things like when someone brings someone, it's all you notice. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, how are they, how are they not stop? How are they not putting hitting her for attention? How are they not saying passivity, but it never came. And to your point, as long as Tamara doesn't get phased or lose composure by just going on the clock, I don't see it changing a thing because she wasn't going to go on the clock four times or something. And even, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, she was just gonna, she was just gonna win. So that was a, a, a great way to close out the night. Um, you know, ob obviously we we're, we were going to have two champs bumping up significant weight class. Now it was just one with Tamara bumping up and, um, uh, do you want to move from there? And oh, one other thing, Ben. Well, let's talk about the rest of the card I, real I quick. Even, I mean, um, go ahead. I was just gonna say I hadn't even considered the the pound for pound king uh, queen option for for Tamara until you until you said that. But yeah, you, she just bumped up and beat a five time world champ. She's the best at her weight. She's the best at the weight above. 
that puts her she's in in rarefied air with with that kind of a yeah. win absolutely because okay. Adeline was already been in that conversation um yeah let, let's go to the rest of the card real quick I mean we we don't obviously don't talk about every match but um there were some really right. good ones and, and I think meaningful to uh the Olympic trials in a couple months yeah no doubt um so let's let's go to Jaden um he was down 1-0 going into the halftime and it's funny because he walked back and he had this big smile on his face like not concerned not worried and he just kind of knew that the the points were going to come at some point and they did he got the the single he got a lot of time to work on his gut but he made it work um I went back and rewatched that and they, they gave him a little more than you usually see but the fact that he's able to gut someone of Aiden Zilmer's level, regardless of the time on top, I think is pretty um, significant for him. Well, what do you mean? Because he, I, I didn't think that was, I know, I know it was a little bit of time, but I didn't think it was, um, I didn't think it was too long. I thought it was good. I thought that, that was, uh, that was proper. I think it was like probably 13 seconds or so, which is pretty that's long. proper. You think that's proper? That was you d- you yeah, dubbed that there proper? Was, there was nothing that wasn't i remember that one our, our site where the guy was on top for a minute and he even he was, was like yeah uh that was not too long because he was aggressive the whole time he went one way he went the other way he almost got him and then he went back and popped it through at no point did i really think like oh my gosh this is this is too long um no not at all i thought that was proper i th- yeah i really thought they were about to bring him up personally uh right before he got the gut yeah. but he so he got that takedown to the gut and then he got a late takedown to win six two um and he he was excited to wrestle again so it's good to see Jaden back on the mat um yeah and then Pat Lugo remains ultra competitive against really really good guys but he just can't quite get get over the hump but I he just does, he doesn't have those attack, he doesn't have that attack though I mean he wasn't able to get it on one good attack his positioning was great his mat control was great um He's able to be effective with the underhooks, but until he can start scoring on some of these really high-level guys, he's he's just not going to be. He's going to be in every match, but he's not going to win very many of them. He'll win a couple, but not a lot. Well, against the best of the best, I think that's that's yes, that's true. The best for right now, that way. For sure. uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see him his progression at uh, at 65, and so after the. James was pretty exhausted at the end of that match. What was what was your thoughts overall of, of James' performance? Um, I mean, it's same thing. It's that getting his weight down, and he's going to be um, even lower this weekend. And he even said, but he weighed in like what was two pounds underneath or so, something crazy. Um, yeah, two, I, I kind of like I think as a test for this weekend. So he was two pounds underweight. And he's got to lose another two pounds for this weekend, I think, is what the deal was. Um, that's just hard for him. He's just one of these guys who he's a, he's a tweener. It's um, and I want to say impossible. It's very difficult for him to make sixty five. And at seventy four, he's undersized, guys. That, that's an eighteen pound gap. And um, you know, you think like Jordan Burroughs was just saying he was one hundred eighty three pounds. I don't know that James Green's ever been one hundred eighty three pounds in his life. Um, he's yeah, just no not. He's not going to be big for that 74 weight class. And that's um, – there's just nothing he can change about that, unfortunately. So he's, he's doing his best, um, but that way you can tell that weight is tough for him. Um, he, he said – he kind of broke it down in his interview with Bray after afterwards. Um, he said that after – the eight-man, um, 
that was his birthday too and he's like i got a little bigger than i wanted to he's like <laughs> and then christmas then christmas came around and i got a little bigger than i wanted to um and then he also mentioned that since he was here at this event and then going to france that he wasn't going to have as much training so the morning of uh the match with lugo he came in and got a really hard workout in with nishan and mm -hmm. um he thought that had a lot to do with how he wrestled um and and why he was a little bit lighter than he originally might have been if he wasn't going to france but he wanted to keep training and then he said that he knows his weight will be much better for france now that now that he's already down at the right. at 150 yeah. or so yeah. interesting stuff france, france is one determined so he doesn't have to weigh in twice correct yep that's good yeah that uh, speaking of france not that we're moving off from the car but of of note we're talking about france the henry Declain tournament gonna we just signed yesterday gonna be live on flow uh so very excited about that we talked about it last week or maybe the week before we were sending a hammer squad here's just the men's I'll freestyle run. real quick it's it's pretty epic Vito gilman suriano joe cologne green yanni date uh valencia kyle snyder and Gwiz. so uh, absolute monsters and we'll get more into the decline as as we go here uh maybe if not this show one and later but these brackets are tough and that you know being so many Olympic weights, it's, a lot of these are really condensed. 57 and 65 particularly, very, very difficult, not just with uh, domestic, but foreigners as well. Uh, you mentioned Nashon. The the picture surfaced of him in green flexing in the Virginia Tech wrestling room last week, and we're like, oh, Nashon is bigger than James. Could have been camera <laughs> magic or something, but he looked absolutely massive. And then he's wrestling yeah. Joey McKenna. He looked really big, but – he he really didn't have any answers for for Joey McKenna's pristine positioning. Um, and so that that's one of those things where you know I looked at the pictures. Well, he looks pretty big here. Um, but he's been fifty seven. He's been a fifty seven guy, and you know. So then you think like, could James could James Green make fifty seven? And it's almost laughable just thinking about that. Um, uh oh, what's going on over there? He's, he's timing how much time uh Jaden got on top okay um so anyway um and when you saw them in actual match although Nishan looked big you could tell there that was there was definitely a power deficit between him and Joey McKenna uh he just wasn't able to get Joey out of position at all when Joey got on top he was able to score there um Joey was just bigger and stronger um and, and I, I I felt like it was fairly evident Man, is that what you think it was? Yes. I don't. I didn't watch that match and be like, Nishan's not big and strong enough here. I just thought Joey just presented all the problems that that give Nishan Garrett issues, right? I I, I thought it was just totally tactical positioning, um, great parterre from Joey that that where Nishan has had parterre vulnerabilities going back to fifty seven, going back to sixty one. So I don't, and I don't think those were size. I think it's just like the holes that Nishan has. I think Joey is particularly equipped to expose them. I didn't think it was a size thing personally. Um, man, I, it's, I, I just felt like there, there was some power differential there. And I, and I guess we'll see well, if maybe, that continues yeah. to be the case as Nishan wrestles 65. Uh, but, you know, I think of Gross and McKenna, that's kind of, I, I feel like the same thing. Like if, 
if Zane Richards would have just been more powerful and listen, he's not, and that's part of what makes that stuff work. But if, if Zane would have been another 10 pounds bigger, could he have powered through a few of the things? Um, and I think the answer to that's yes. I thought Zane looked, man, pretty impressive, especially in the first minute good. and a half. I mean, he's, he's got, he's always had those really good reattacks. He's a, a he's got solid attacks and finishes. Seth just puts you in these goofy situations that no, no one's given him that feel in, in that room and no one can it probably anywhere. Just Seth just does anywhere. some weird stuff and you can either figure it out on the fly or you can't. And yeah, great. I mean, he was in, in even the, 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 the classic two on one throw the near leg in when he caught that foot coming that so in, sick. that was beautiful. But it's like yes. Seth will give it up in, in the in the name of you know volume attacking and finding ways to score. It's just yeah. it's funny. I, I thought I thought the same thing. I thought I thought Zane looked really good, but Seth was just better. I mean, that's like Zane. It's one of those where we, you know we had it with the famous match where Glory gets tech fouled against Spencer Lee. And we're like, well, Glory looked kind of good, but Spencer was just better. <laughs> I mean, that's. That's how I feel here. Like Zane didn't really do anything terrible, but um, Gross was just better. I mean, he was so close to finishing that takedown that would have put him up five nothing. Yeah, yeah. And then we're looking at a completely different match because then I think Gross left that ex- exchange up four three. Think yeah. of that. So that's like a, a tremendous swing from five zero to down one. So six point swing really. Um, and then if you if you're if you get up in that five point range, you can really adjust tactically how you want to do it. You don't have to engage to the degree that you would uh, that would be necessary when you're down one or when you're in a one takedown match. So that one exchange really, and that's why I felt like that eleven three, somewhat misleading, but also like more, more of a just a tribute to Seth's proficiency in so many different positions. And I think one thing with Gross is like. He kind of he gets he gets stuck in this uh, counter box and he's just he's very offensive and he really can score a lot and he's also lethal when you attack his legs, um, so he, he's he's a really fun guy to watch and can't wait well, to watch him against McKenna. I can't listen. I just feel like that's just a really tough matchup for him. But who knows? I mean, don't count him for out. him to accept this match, huh? Yeah, I said don't count him out. Yeah, you can't count them out. Um, hey, listen, um, the, this the, hold on. The gross Zane made me think of this. There were some really bad, bad. There were some really bad edge grounded calls this weekend on, on both. On and so it, obviously it happened in this match. I'm recalling. I'm not recalling the exact scenario, but in multiple matches where like sometimes you were like, "How the hell didn't that score?" And then a few times, I can't remember the one match. I don't remember it was this one, but someone was literally on their knees and they went out of bounds. And it was like as grounded as someone could be. And you're like, and they called a point. And you're like, wait, did they just call that a point? Like, how in the hell was that called a point? And it just, it goes further to, and we, you and I have talked about this, but can they just say if they're in neutral and they go out of bounds as a point? It takes so much subjectivity off the board. It's a, Do you guys remember what match I'm talking about right now, Christian? It was on the far side of the mat. It was on the side where Bader was housing. Yeah, I thought there was one in McKenna, and I'm certain there was one in in Seth versus Zane. But there were some early in the in the bout too, or in the card as well. Tristan Tristan versus McKee, the one where uh, there was one where they went out of bounds, and you were like, 
Wait, what happened there? I think they may have called the takedowners. Or it was when Tristan was scooting on his butt and they called the push out. And it was like, no, like he's been grounded for like nine feet now. Like what the hell is going on? Yeah, but one of the weird things. So one, you're exactly right. And I was, I remain frustrated by the edge interpretations in freestyle wrestling. They're inconsistent. They're not on the same page. And inconsistent. They're inconsistent. That's right. And if you look from like, match to match it's like ref to ref they're just calling it i mean we had three different people and they were it looked like they were just viewing it they view the world of edge wrestling completely differently and they use their interpretation of how they view yes. the world yeah you know and so there's, there's just gotta be some uniformity there and listen but that's no where watches, we would make their job so much easier if we just said if you're in neutral if you're not in parterre you go out of bounds at the point that's exactly right. And similarly, I mean, we say the same thing for folk style too. It's like, and, and David, David was exactly right. I don't know if I want to get rid of stalling, but he's, he is David Taylor on the Saturday show is like, get, they need to have a step out in folk style. He loves folk style wrestling, obviously. And he said, this is something that they need to do. They need to have a, a step out. And that's something we've been saying for, for some years now that listen, You've got this thing where if they push out, it's a stall on the guy pushing, or if it's this, it's a no, man. If you go out, they had the worst one. I know what you're shaking your head about. The Mets, uh, yes. Oh my gosh, they, I, I mean, we're another Mets year magic, removed. From, yeah, man, another year removed from this rule being put in place, and I mean, we still can't figure it out. There, there was one an, on opening weekend. Um, Matt's against Barnes, a heavyweight from Oregon State, and he has an underhook. And just, I mean, Barnes backs right off the mat, and Mets had the underhook, and they call Mets for stalling. I, I mean, in what world is that is that stalling? The other guy is the one that left that left the mat, left the action. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, and they just do it because they they can do it because the other guy had a stall call, so that would have given Mets the match with like ten mm -hmm. seconds left, and so they use it as a bailout. Yeah. To not have to end the match on that stall call. But then I guarantee yeah. if it's like if that happened again and they both had warnings in in a sudden victory, they would have hit, a, hit yeah. you with the action. Yeah. So it's like they make these Gee. rules and they don't solve the problem. They don't. You're stop not solving the edge problem. Yeah. Stop making the oh, rules. Stop making the ref jobs harder. Hey, uh, Kozak brought it up too, and I want to make sure I comment. I wish. Can we bring the gross match up, or am I too late to notice? If you have the timestamp, we could. Um... Okay, so in the, in the, I have two. One on the very first takedown, um, I thought it should have been two points. Gross. He like he whips him. Um, Seth, Zane's chasing the ankles, and Seth, if you watch quick, he flips his hip, and Zane rolls across his back and comes up and keeps scrambling. And they called no points, and then Zane eventually gets the takedown. That was one that I thought was called really interestingly. Like I, I, I probably for sure would have said two points, Seth. And then the other one was Seth is trying to hit like a go behind and Zane blocks him over the knee and does like this motion, you know? Yeah. And he puts very clearly puts Seth on his back. But as Seth's falling, he goes for the gut wrench. So I would have probably went two and two on that one um, where they went straight too gross. And so, I, you know, it, it evens itself out because in the first one, I would have went two more for gross. On that one, I would have went two more for Richards. Um, so they even themselves out, but though there were some really crazy scrambles in that match. Yes. Have that one up um, but you know what else was strange about that? Like there were some weird calls or whatever. Where were the bricks? 
No one was throwing bricks. That was one. Which one was the one that I was like blown away they didn't throw the brick, Christian? I thought it wasn't. I, it was the Zane one. That it was this one. It was this one right here. Yes. It was, yeah, it was then. You were like, uh, again, I can hear all everything Ben says um, throughout the thing. <laughs> So like, because um, because that put him down, I think that put him down six points or something, and right, and it, it kind of, in my opinion, put the match out of reach. So it's like, well, it's not like it's tied right now because then you have to be strategic about throwing the brick. It, you might as well just throw it at that point because um, you're already down by six, so you might as well freaking throw the brick and, and challenge that call and see if you can get anything back. Because what's the difference between being down six and being down seven? If you, if I mean. And who knows if they change around and they go just two for, or they go two and one or something like that. Well, now now all of a sudden you're only down two or three points. Um, I mean, it really changes the outlook of the match. So I was like dumbfounded they didn't throw the brick on that one. Yeah, yeah, that opening sequence could have absolutely been points for Gross. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, it's a fire sequence. I think just how I have it. Oh, we're, we're um, gonna get it up. Yeah. We're gonna get it up. But besides, so, okay. besides that, the edge complaint, uh, edge complaints. Uh, I thought the refereeing. You, you guys bring in the best guys, obviously. I thought the refereeing was relatively good. Yeah, I just think, I think the rules, just like in folk style, kind of screw these guys. It's like, yes, you know, it's, very, it's not clear what you're supposed to do. Just like in folk style, it's not clear what you should call on the right. No one wants to call it wrong. It's just the rules not clear. Um, and I think we could. That's the other one that was really controversial and the referees were going different and I don't even fault them for this because it was, it was a very controversial sequence was um, McDonough and Lezak. So Mc, when Lezak was gutting McDonough and then McDonough was bracing, he was kind of catching him on his back. And one of the referees was, you know, saying to McDonough and the other referees were oh, not oh. confirming it at all. Um, and then Lezak would transition from a gut to like a crab ride and then go back to the gut. And, you know, I thought Lezak did a great job. And either way that one is called, I'm not really all that upset because I think you can make a good argument for both sides of it. Yes, I agree with that as well. Um, that that um, yeah, that was a that was an interesting exchange. I th and I think I wonder with that McDonough thing, did he see himself getting two and think not yeah. belly down and whereas I mean I mean listen. Ethan Lezak clearly has a very good high gut because he got several turns off of it. But, you know, does maybe McDonough think differently tactically if he realizes he's not getting points? I don't know if he thought he was getting points or not. But um, either way, I I think a tactical blunder to not just belly down and try to fight it. But maybe maybe he simply couldn't, and that was the only way, way out. Um, all right, can we play this thing, Tyler? I think we're ready. Yeah, Tyler's got it ready to go. All right, so watch this. Catch um, yeah. Watch how Chase is. See how Seth whipped him over there with his legs? That was yeah. definitely this. Seth definitely meant to do that. So I, I would have went two points gross for sure on that one. Yeah. And then obviously I, Zane, I think Zane finishes his takedown eventually, right? And this would have been one. So if if they had given yeah. that two to um, Seth, this would have just been a reversal. There's a lot of yeah. dang work for a one-point reversal. Yeah. Um, so that, that's he almost, can we he play almost got the four. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, that play, opening. Uh, right there. Yeah, 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 Seth it. definitely whipped him over with his hips ah. right there. Um, uh oh. No. Yeah. So uh, I think we, I think we saw it. I think, I think we 
I saw it there. Seth whips him over two points. If there's any way we could find that second sequence, I should have had a timestamp coming to the show uh, when they're on the edge. And I, I feel like Zane whips him to his back. Um, watch one more time. Seth, Seth definitely whips him over here. Boom. Yeah, yeah. I would go two points all day right there. Yeah, I, I could have definitely seen that as well. So, um, so that was Saturday. I think we, we hit on almost almost everything, and we can keep it moving with because you know we had for all the all the whole blue with Saturday's matches. There's a lot of other stuff to talk about with we had D one. Right, Sorry, you put on good cards, and I want to talk about them, Christian. This is we'll just no, blame this on this you. This is great. The last thing I want to talk about, and, and it's relevant to someone we were talking about. It's also relevant to Wednesday. Nate Jackson. Um, so number one, coming out of retirement is obviously hard as both guys we had come out of retirement as well as Keith Gavin were not as good as what we had remembered them to be because coming out of retirement is very hard and you're never as sharp as you were. Um, that being said, I was really impressed with, you know, in, in the Nate Jackson, sometimes we've seen him get stuck on just wanting to to do one or and or two things like against uh, Sammy Brooks. And when Mahalik was smart enough to change his positioning and keep himself low as to not give up too many uh, blast double legs, but I thought it was really good. Nate Jackson hit, he, he had high crotch. He had a for headlock score. Well, it was kind of for a headlock score. You know, that, that initial one, um, throw by. he hit a score from a reattack. He had a score from an over under. He was just really, really diverse in his attacks. And I, I, thought, I thought that was a really good performance by him. I agree. He has so much offense. And I think about this Jaden match and I think, you know, Jay, with, with, with Jaden, he can make the matches as his pace. Right. And he can like, just make yeah. it about picking it, picking his spots and you can never get to him. It's going to be a, an interesting test of Jaden um, in terms of Jaden is a tough guy to even get a lock on his leg. So I'm really curious how much Nate is going to get in. I don't see Nate um withdrawing or trying to pick his spots i think he's gonna go volume attack here against Jaden and, and try to use his speed and like you know Jaden has been off the mat a while and the timing is is uh, an important element so what happens if if nate is just peppering his legs now we've seen how that typically goes and obviously Jaden's a pretty substantial favorite but i think the matches with i think it's gonna be a lot more action-packed whereas Jaden allowed it to be a just a couple exchange bout against zilmer I don't think it can possibly be like that against Nate. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I I'm sorry, Nate. I don't think you could be Jaden. Um, maybe you could prove me wrong, but one thing I will be very interested to see will be, you know, Nate, whether he wins or loses, he's very dynamic in his scoring. I don't think there's, yeah. well, really, I guess maybe the Gabe Dean match would be one. That was a really low scoring match. But besides that, even if Nate were to lose a match, it's very high scoring. So I'll be interested to see if he could go out and put some points up on Jaden. Can he get, um, you know, two or three takedowns in the first period and make Jaden come back? Or is Jaden just going to do Jaden things and, and shut him down? Um, that'll be very interesting for me to see. One thing about Jaden is he likes to, um, he, he likes to prove a point. Like I remember after his final X, went over Bo Nickel, he's like, everyone thought this was the best score in college wrestling. And I wanted to prove a point that he couldn't score on me. And so he like kind of made it about sending that message. Um, so I wonder if he, you know, I don't know if he's going to get that like involved in the minutia of the mindset or whatever, but he is, uh, that was his approach with Bo. So curious how it'll play out with, with Nate. Obviously he's a favorite as, as, as you mentioned, Jaden, but, Gonna be an exciting one. 
Uh, tomorrow, holy cow, it's tomorrow. Let me let me give you guys the full tomorrow. card tomorrow. Right. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. It's Wednesday tomorrow. night wrestling. We're here. We're here in Lincoln. They're setting up today. We're kind of missing on the setup early, but we'll we're probably not gonna be completely. I mean, we're gonna go down there. They started setting up at eight, so um, I can't help that they scheduled that during FRL time. FRL predates this event, so we're not getting out of work intentionally. So the card for Wait. Wednesday. What? Come on, man. Just tell me you got FRL. I did. Okay, good. Yeah, they know. Uh, so the card for Wednesday. So we've got this eighth grader, Anthony Knox from New Jersey, taking on uh, number seven, Ben DeVino, Illinois. Knox would have been Wait. like a top. What? It's, it's, uh, sorry. <laughs> I was asking right. if DeVino, is DeVino an eighth grader because i seen this kid. Uh he wrestled one of my good eighth graders and whooped him, and I was like, "Holy crap, that kid's good!" I don't think he's I, an eighth. Grader. I believe he's a ninth grader. Knox is an eighth grader. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Knox was going to be Knox was top six at Super Thirty Two, and then is repeating eighth grade uh, this year because I mean I don't. Oh, what? I don't blame him. Like, you want to have some weird season or whatever, or you just go. Uh, have a, have have four regular high school wrestling years. Yeah, wait. So he's an eighth grader this year, and he's doing so. But with there, so I'm not against the red shirt, not at all. I will not say that, especially if it's age appropriate, meaning you're really young. Um, not against it at all. But if he's already that good, where he's taking top eight at Super Thirty Two, and he's going to do another uh, another eighth grade, is that necessary? Yeah. yeah. Well. I don't know. Take take it up with. with we don't know all the circumstances. Yeah, you don't know. Children, if he if he's young, listen. I mean, it gets it gets to the point. Now we're gonna talk about youth wrestling. I don't know this guy at all, so I don't want to comment on him whatsoever. I'm just commenting on the general situation. If the kids are young, some kids are really young. I don't mind them redshirting, but when they're old, and they, I don't know if this is him again. Not sure whatsoever. When they do the double one and they're a second year cadet when they're in eighth grade, I got some issues with that. That that seems kind of absurd to me. Well, I guess the 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 main impact is like uh, their their high school scholastic seasons, right? Because like cadet and junior, your age is your age, and you wrestle where you wrestle. So there's no there's actually no advantage uh, in terms Correct. of that. I'm just saying that's how I can see that they're old. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Like I don't know. No, Ohio, how do I know his age? If I see him as a second year cadet and he's not even a freshman, I'm like. Because there's Ohio, there's a lot of redshirting there as well as oh, California. They love, it. they love it in Ohio. They love eighth grade so much. They just do it twice all the time. <laughs> okay. Oh so next match, Sage Mortimer. Um, we saw her at who's number one, gonna take on Audrey Jimenez. Audrey is funny. RBY, right, everyone knows we're trying to put this card together. RBY hits me up because like, hey, let's go, Audrey. She's really legit. Be awesome to get her on a match. Arizona. Um, wrestling doesn't get a ton of love. Boom, Audrey was down to wrestle Sage Mortimer. So really pumped that we were able to make that happen. This, I didn't, I did not think we would ever see Cody Chinnam versus Jordan Williams, but we're gonna see it. Uh, Jordan Williams has gone up, and he's like actually, he's been kind of a savage. He's been like changing weights and getting tough matches. Who did he cut down for Carter Young and then go back up? Correct. Yeah, he he stayed down because he wanted to wrestle Carter Young, 
And then uh, after that match, went up to 45, where he's going to stay the rest of the season. So we get a little mid-season who's number one here uh, with Cody Chittum at number one and uh, Williams at number two at 145. Yeah, Chittum's been um, – he was obviously had an amazing performance at who's number one. He's continued to wrestle really well. He's not going to have a high school season of any kind, right, because he's not at – he's not – I don't know. He's not at Chittum, player, right? I think he's actually wrestling for his high school in Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he's he? he's in Tennessee. I didn't realize that. Did you know that, Ben? Uh, I didn't really. I well, I was gonna say I think Jordan Williams is in the season because I've seen Oklahoma wrestling happening. No. Um, yeah, Jordan. It's our not. So yeah, yeah. And then as we mentioned, um, so that's kind of like the little undercard. Then we get to the main senior level action: Seth Gross versus Joey McKenna, Jaden Cox versus Nate Jackson, and David Taylor versus Jordan Burroughs. It's going to happen. David is. Got through all the protocols and everything, um, and he's he's here. He's in uh, Lincoln now. He got in yesterday's, so nothing to it but to do it. Weigh-ins or like two hours before, and um, card starts at seven, seven Central, eight Eastern. You do the math. I have no idea where you live, uh, but it's it's going to be a awesome awesome night of wrestling, and we're we're so pumped we were able to throw it together. Shout out to the operations team for you know it was all going to be saturday and we're going to have the full production we're going to have the the full the bells and whistles for this event and on three days notice i think it's pretty incredible and had nothing to do with us um so pretty pretty exciting times good place to be flow wrestling why don't we head to some of the d1 action this week yeah we have college this weekend Kind of on the back burner, but they um, – A lot happened, though. A lot happened. And let's start with it because it won't be but four seconds till Ben brings it up. But Keegan O'Toole bumping up to 65. Peyton Mako's up at 74. And we've got uh, the full-strength Missouri lineup, Ben. Yeah. You know what I think is interesting? And Mizzou obviously would fit this, this and uh, Oklahoma State, who I know we'll talk about a little also, is – how many it's it's becoming more evident how many true freshmen would actually start if a redshirt didn't exist. So Mizzou obviously has Rocky Elam and they have Keegan O'Toole. Um uh, Josh Edmond has also started a couple matches. Oklahoma State has Master Giovanni, Plot, uh Ferrari. And so I think it's it's you know, we've never actually seen this thing happen before. I think it's becoming more and more evident how many true freshmen would actually start, uh, given that there were no red shirts. How about this, Ben? Six six true freshmen into the top 25 this week. Wow, Dang. really? It's wild. Yeah, yeah. And Keegan's um, not even one of them. Yeah. You guys left him out. So uh, maybe next week there will be a couple more. Keegan's like right there knocking on the door. The win over Devos is really good, but a couple guys ahead of him had nice wins against guys actually at 65. So for right now, but he'll have an opportunity. He's it all in there because he's a West Virginia guy. <laughs> I mean, he'd be a top 20 guy. He majored a top 20 guy. So, yeah, he's one of the true freshmen that gets in. Um, Trevor, Master Giovanni at 25 beat Fabian Gutierrez, who's a top 20, 20 guy. Um, he beat the Oregon State guy too, right? Yeah, and Kaler, who's not, not ranked, but right there knocking on the door and is really good. So that's another solid win. And then Dylan Ragason decked Nick Aguilar in about a minute. Um in his debut, and Medley was up at 33, so I don't I don't know if Meech's plans on wrestling, coming back, what, but either way, they still have a good opening one-two punch there. You guys yeah. know anything about Meech? Uh, mm-hmm. 
I have not heard. But did you hear? I'm looking at the 165 rankings. Um, I heard Carson Karcher towards ACL. I don't know if you guys heard this same thing. Oh my! Uh, I don't know that. Check on that. That uh, I think I saw that okay. on Twitter somewhere. Um, he obviously he didn't do the wrestle loss, and uh, not to go totally off track, but there were some interesting results in the wrestle loss. You, the full hype train got derailed because uh, Anthony Echemendia lost to Dylan Demilio, who Dylan Demilio was very impressive. I believe it was two years ago, and maybe he was hurt last year. Um, so they they got a good problem to have at one forty one. Yeah, they they for sure do. Um, I'm wondering. I'm wondering, you know, the the talk for Echemendia was would he go 41 or 57 all along? Now he's down at 41. He's small. He just looks yep. huge. But you got to figure if if he if he's losing to Demilio at 41, how much of an upgrade is he going to be at at 57? He could be on the outside looking right. in this year. And yeah, yeah. Demilio's yeah. no joke. He's yeah. a folk style what? wrestler. He knows how to wrestle all positions. As a senior, was it someone? I'm blanking who it was. I know it's someone really good. Uh, did you recall right now? Did he beat Roberts at Super Thirty Two? He beat someone really good. I'm blanking on who it is right now. He had a big Super Thirty Two, if I'm remembering correctly. That would have been in 20, 2018 Super Thirty Two. Twenty eighteen. Oh, maybe we can look that was it up. High yeah. Um. Who else you want to talk about last weekend? Well, not only did uh, D'Amelio go down, but Singletary lost to Gavin Hoffman in that one yeah, good one. wrestle off. And our man GTG, he lost two zero. It sounds like some very Almost questionable officiating. I haven't I haven't heard that or seen the match, but I just have to assume if he lost to Orndorff, it had to be very questionable officiating against Gas Tank Gary. But he will have his day. Is under appeal. Yeah, we're appeal. We're Bracky and I have begun the appeal process for um, on behalf of the Traub family. Uh, so it looks like D'Amelio beat Hilgis in the Super Thirty Two semis in 2018, and Hilgis was actually one of the true freshmen that entered the rankings at number 25 as well for Virginia Tech after a good start for him. So. He looks good. I like Hilgis. Hey, uh, I'm listen. also. I'm also. Okay, go ahead. I have another. We have our a hype train update for our guy, 197 for Virginia Tech, Andy Smith. He may have lost to Noah Adams, but he only lost seven to three. He took him down at the end of the match. Noah Adams okay. is a bonus point machine. I'm. We are going to continue pushing this narrative yeah. until he's standing on top of the podium. Okay, I don't know what he's talking about. Smith that. thirty-two and beat Bo Bartlett, so that's your big one. So he beat Bo Bartlett yeah. and uh, and Hilligus back in this bracket. I'll hold up a bracket here with uh, Dylan Demilio from Ironman. This is December of two thousand eighteen. Listen to this bracket. He beats. This is early in tournament. He beats Vinny Zerbin, who's very good. Then he beats mm -hmm. Cleveland Belton, also a very highly national guy. In the semis, he loses to Frankie Tal Shahar, who's been very very highly ranked. Conzi semis, he beats Bo Bartlett, and in a third place, third place match, he loses to Jordan Decatur. How about that flipping bracket? Who is this? That that's uh, Demilio oh, at, okay. at Iron Man 132, 2018. So crazy. Um, yeah, he's really good on top too, and I I didn't get to watch the match, but I'm sure that gave Etchemendia problems. Yes, hundred percent, for sure. Yeah. So. Um... 
plot and so you guys have the national finals and now he's not even gonna be in the starting lineup. I didn't no one put him what in the final. You two did. What do you guys say for yourselves? You just made that up. You're just literally lying. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was the guy who was much higher on Etchemini than everyone else. I don't think he put him in the finals. He like the finals. You, you said he was like all American right away type guy. You did. He might be. I mean, he might be. Dylan probably <laughs> win NCAAs. So that looks all American for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll just have to see. We'll, we'll have to see what happens when the when the dust settles. Um, and the dust has not settled. All right. Not settled. Next up, uh, I want to talk about Plot and Ferrari. They're looking freaking amazing. Yeah. Looking like superstars right away. Um, excited to watch those two as they get um, some higher level competition. Oh. And uh, then the other, yeah, the the other kind of big, there were three top 20 upsets in, in Minnesota and Nebraska. Uh, Rock Hardy hadn't wrestled like a real match since 2018. Um, he went and did his LDS mission mm-hmm. in Brazil and then came back and in his first match almost majored Michael Blockus. Um, so yeah. that's a good win right there. And he looked really impressive doing it. He turned him on top. He took him down multiple times. Um, it was really impressive. Andrew Sparks, if you don't know him, get familiar with him because he's a top 15 guy now. He just beat Peyton Robb in the California State Finals. He stunned Kyle Valencia last year. He was a really late signee uh, to Minnesota's class, and he looks awesome right out the gates. He's another one of the true freshmen that, that cracked the top 20. And then um, at 184, you know, figure this would be Taylor Vins, and it probably still will be at the end of the year. But Nathan Haas comes in for Nebraska and beats Owen Webster, and he's another true freshman out of California. Oh, yeah. I'm I've, of the results. The two that get me the most fired up are Brock Hardy, instantly being really legit in a weight class he's where not- if you're if you're smashing the blockuses of the world, this is a this is a deep weight 149. But there's not like a there's not a Yanni, there's not a Zane this year. It's like. O'Connor's really good. Sasso's really good. Um, Mahler's really good. But boo. Bro- boo. But I think Brock's going to be potentially, you know, I-, I like to get carried away. Sometimes it works, sometimes not. But I think Brock could be a guy that potentially enters that conversation. Yeah, I well, I would agree. Are we considering him a true freshman because he is like 21 years old? I am because this was his first college match. And, I mean – Although he's older, I mean, how much wrestling do you think he was doing in Brazil? Yeah. I, I doubt it you was never, a lot. No, but I've been having, you know, some jiu-jitsu guys probably tried to attack him. He probably had to put a couple double legs on him or something. Yeah. I watch a lot of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. They're terrible wrestlers. So um, it would not be an iron sharpens iron situation. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, I um, and remember, Rackerson, he, him and uh, speaking of Sasso, they had some crazy matches um fargo right yeah at fargo and then they wrestled at dapper or pittsburgh wrestling classic and it was a wild oh, I one that. i think yeah i think sasso pulled it out in like the last 10 15 seconds it was a crazy one let me ask you this this general question this is a tough question but at 149 where you know i want to say we don't really have a, a super clear number one or at least a number one who's kind of running away from the field Whereas you think, you know, some of the weight class in the past or like a Spencer Lee or Nolf next topic, 
does it make some of the lower ranked guys feel better because there's not a clear number one? Whereas when Nolf just kills the number 11 guy, you kind of, I don't want to say you almost devalue how good the 11 guy is because he's so far away from the number one. Do you feel like that's possibly the case in this weight class? Definitely that happens for sure. Yeah. Okay. I completely agree. So agree hey, Ragason, uh, I'm, I'm interested to watch him. I want to see how he can do seven minutes. I think he's going to be a big 25. If he's making 25 consistently, obviously this is a Spencer next topic situation, but we've been talking about, um, to, you know, the drop off and it's not just a drop off because Spencer is so good. That does, that just makes it appear comically vast, but the number two, three guys are, are not your typical number two, three guys. And with, you know, glory and veto out of the mix, which would have made 125 way, way more competitive. You know, this is is Ragason a guy that's going to enter the All American or or a potential top five situation? We have no idea at this point, but he's really, really good. He's shining at the senior level. So does Michigan have like a really legit top, you know, six guy at 125? We wouldn't have said that coming into the year. As tough as Jack Medley is, that just didn't seem likely. But Ragason could just be the real deal. Yeah, I, I think I, I think there's a really good chance that Ragson is the real deal. And and think about this. Think about the team race, right? We were like, okay, Medley's probably going to round to 12. Maybe he sneaks on the podium type of dude. Now, if you have a top five-ish guy in Ragson and Michi's come back, he's a clear title contender, and you've got the Amin, and you've got Logan Massa, um, and Mason Paris, who is like a legit Hodge trophy contender. Now he's going to be – he's going to have to beat Gable Stevenson. That's not easily done. But he's going to be a guy that scores major bonus points. He's going to pin a bunch of dudes. He already has. Um, yeah. Michigan starts to kind of re-enter that chat, right? Like they can definitely win a title this oh, year yeah. if they have all those guys. Oh, win a tie. Oh, I think enter the chat like at number two. <laughs> can they beat Iowa? Uh, we might be stretching a little bit there. I I was very good. We didn't see him in action last weekend. We do see him in action this weekend. And we do, it's not very long till we get to see Iowa's Michigan, Christian. What's it like two weeks or three just weeks? Gonna say, we'll, we'll see that in two weeks. And um, oh gosh, Ryerson has a lot of chances to move up here. I'll see Brock Huckins um, this weekend, I believe that is. And then um, Iowa in two weeks, Cardani, who just had a win over Huckins, and Rayvon Foley to end the year. So Ryerson's got a lot of opportunities to move up. If he can beat Spencer, I, he'd be in the top five like, like that. So I can see, I can see stop Christian. Stop. I can see Ragnarsson being top five, but Spencer, maybe not. Yeah. Not so much. Not so much the Spencer department. So the Ant-Man lost to Trey Munoz, uh, who is a true, is he true freshman? Redshirt. Redshirt. Okay. Uh, Freshman for, for Arizona state. So yeah, a pretty busy, um, son of Mark Munoz. You don't know. Son of Mark. Legendary Oklahoma State wrestler. So uh, pretty busy weekend, and it's really going to pick up now because I think almost all the Big Ten teams are, or the majority of the Big Ten teams are going to be in action this weekend as long as well as we have the Deglane. We're going to have this thing tomorrow. So busy weekend wrestling. Exciting times. Yeah, wh- who do we have on the schedule this weekend for the Big Ten? I was just – oh, here we go. Can you pull I it up Penn right State wrestling Rutgers. Seabass Nick Lee, I'm in. Oh my gosh. Will it happen? Oh my gosh. Uh, why wouldn't it? Seabass 
Seabass wrestled last weekend. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't that happen this weekend? Seabass. Uh, yeah, he will be there. I, it's it's no. Nick Lee. I got Nick Lee. But, yeah, I do. I'm not. I'm not very confident in that. But yes, that's who I'm picking. Man, I'm not super. Uh, I'm not super confident either. I forgot to put any questions in the thing, so. Um, we also have Iowa, Iowa, Nebraska this weekend, so that'll be um, where you'd see your man Brad Hardy against Max Murin. That'll be a good one. Uh, Schultz versus Warner is usually pretty good. Uh, Kemmer Labriola is good. There's a uh, there's be a lot of good matches in that duel. Yes, Labriola looked. I don't know how he makes 174 big this weekend or last week. Really, he looked massive. Massive. Huh. He's a big dude. This could be a, that could be a decent decent duel there because then uh, eighty four is Venza versus uh, Assad or Brands. It could be uh, it could be red red versus Jaden Ironman. That duel is going to be awesome. Yes, yes, it is. And that's yes. Friday, Friday night. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll be cold because okay. I think I think Lee, Lee and uh, Desanto will start bonus bonus. <laughs> And uh, put them up by a uh, relatively large margin, but it'd be a bunch of really good matches. Yes. Hey, have you listened to um, Burroughs on Rogan yet? I still haven't. I, I told you I don't have Spotify. I need to go ahead and get that. But I, listen, I've got a busy life. I didn't get to download Spotify. Sue me. I will do it at some point. <laughs> Just dip it. Uh... You, you, you got to be able to sh string together the finances to pay like $12 a year for, for Spotify premium. And then you can listen to Rogan. You know what? And you know what? Actually, I figured out this is, this is a really, this is going to show you how dumb I am or maybe it's how much I don't care. So I, I had Spotify on my phone and I would connect it Bluetooth when we're at the wrestling Academy. And every time it would say, uh, you don't have the premium. Do you want to upgrade? And I would try to click the upgrade button. Like I would get so mad Christian. And then someone finally told me after I got so annoyed that I was just incompetent or something that you have to actually upgrade on their website because they don't want to give money to the app store. Yeah, it is. They do actually make it a little more difficult than, than it seems yes. like it should be. Well, they I don't, don't want to give Apple all their money because Apple is a fair monopolistic company. Oh, wow. Here we go. Let's, let's talk monopolies. Um, I'm done there. I'm done. Stop so right you there. haven't listened yet. Dude, they talk about you for a while. Okay, well, I gotta, I gotta check it out. He, he, uh, he was very complimentary. I, I don't like that he. Um, listen, I, I might not, I might be shaped like a pair now because, well, I'm starting to lose some weight, starting to work out a little bit. But, but back in college days, I was jacked, baby. <laughs> he said, uh, "Shape like a pear, wrestle like a bear." He said, "You're very strong." Appreciate that. They talked about you for a while. Thanks. So, um. Yeah, you should listen to it. I mean, it was it was just, man, it was cool to listen to Jordan. I mean, he did a really good job of representing himself in the sport, I felt. Um, Joe clearly reveres Jordan for how great he is, and it, it was cool. So I, I I encourage everyone to to listen to it. That has to be the first um, non-MMA wrestler, like just, like just a wrestler, to ever go on the show, correct? I don't – I mean, your other top ones would be Gable and Kalen. I, I know they haven't been on there. Uh, is there anyone else you can think of that's been on there that is just a, just a wrestler? Hmm. 
No, I can't think of any. That would be the first one. Technical. Yep. First one ever. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. So, uh, an FRL question. <laughs> so, this is so we have been saying for years that Roger Reyna is um, Spay's long lost father. Spay has oh a father. My God. <laughs> they look yes. the same haircut and they look so much alike. And yes. so, this has been a joke <laughs> basically among the Flow Wrestling staff since uh, Coach Reyna got hired at Penn. And you know they're they're like the same size they're like kind of bigger guys they have the same hair they just look exactly they look so similar and so we were watching the uh the card the spartan combat card and we didn't even talk about that we didn't even talk about that holy cow so we're watching that and you know caleb and natalie my son and daughter are watching and caleb is like why is spay toweling off david mcfadden (laughs) and i was like and oh, I, I just told Katie like in another room. I was like, "Oh, it's funny. We always talk about how Spay looks like the the pin coach Roger Reyna." <clears throat> and then Caleb said that I busted up laughing, and I explained it to him, and I tell the guys, and we're we're all laughing. And then Natalie, my daughter, does not believe. She thinks we are tricking her that Roger Reyna is not Spay, and different convinced that, that was Spay, um, telling off David McFadden. So we got a sec, uh, a question from Wicked Scepter. Are Spay and Roger Reina related, or they just go to the same barber? Uh, hashtag airlines. <laughs> they they are wow. it is very 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 funny. Um, um, so yeah, great. I, I got bad, I got bad news for you, Christian. Very for okay, your bad news. Not uh, no, I went to Spotify. I I tried to do my password reset with my email and it says the username or email you provided is not associated with an active Spotify account. So then I went back to sign up and I typed it in sign up and it said, you cannot use this because it is already, it is already connected with an account. So it won't let me do that. Then I go back to forget my password and it says, I cannot do, I cannot use this email uh, because it does not have an uh, associated account. So Spotify, they, they just don't want me to sign up Christian. They do not want my Man. money. What would you suggest they do with it? As far as bad news goes, that's that's uh, that's for 2020 2021 standards, that's not bad. Ben Askren can't get Spotify Premium yet. Maybe they're just blocking me because they don't like what I think. What about someone? That? Um, yeah, that's that's definitely it, Ben. Um, someone, uh, rapper slash actor just asked Casey's, which good, yes, yes, Casey's, but have we gone there yet? No, but we saw many. I think we saw our first one in maybe Kansas, um, and but we did go to a Bucky's, and Bucky's is like a Walmart put in a gas station in Texas, and they're pretty cool. Um, Bader talked about the the pulled pork sandwich that he ate there, basically the rest of the ride, and how much he wanted another one of those sandwiches. So if you get to a Bucky's, it's a pretty cool place. Someone asked, what have you been watching these days? Are you watching anything right now, Ben? Only wrestling. There's so much wrestling. Oh, I don't have to watch anything else. That's a good I watched answer. some of the uh, Spartan card that you guys are talking about. I've watched some of that. Uh, How about Yanni? Yanni? We got to talk about Yanni. Yanni. Oh, my God. Yanni murdered Anthony Ashnall. I did not see that coming. I thought it would be competitive. Um, wow. You know, I mean – 
on the one hand, it's like, yeah, Ashnault took this match on like super short notice, but it's not like he hasn't been wrestling. He wrestled at the 150. Um, he won a match there. I I thought it was going to be – I thought Yanni would win, obviously. But yeah. for him to not get to legs one time was alarming. And even like in the press conference thing that they did with Bader on the Bader show and Bray, Anthony's like, I'm going to be living on your legs. And Yanni basically – I don't want to say conceded, but he's like – yeah, good luck finishing kind of thing. Like, yeah, you're going to get in, but whatever. And he didn't get in one time. And then Yanni's finishing looked really good. And that four at the end to, like, seal it was um, real. Deep. It was super impressive. Yes. Um, yeah, I was super impressed by Yanni. I thought it was going to be competitive. Listen, I know, I know Anthony took it on a short notice, but he was just competing in that tournament, what, two and a half weeks ago or something? So it's not like... You know, it's not like he'd been sitting on the couch. Um, yeah. He had just competed a couple of weeks back. Um, I'm sure he, you know, maybe he took a little bit of time off serious, like really hard trading, but he probably was on the mat still, I'm assuming, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I thought Yanni looked awesome. He looked awesome, and we're going to see him at um, um, Henry DeGlane. James will be there with a host of other really high-level international guys. So, Excited to watch Yanni compete again. Yes. Okay, looking at looking through these questions. I figure we're gonna talk about DeGlane more maybe tomorrow and, and Thursday because it starts the men's freestyle Saturday. Saturday. So we'll have a, a lot. CJ Kemp wants to know why we don't see more falls on our cards. I think there's only been one. There's not a lot of pins in freestyle, really. Yeah. Freestyle does not I mean really against good people against really good people, you need time to pin them, right? And in freestyle, mm-hmm. you just don't get the amount of time to turn them over and pin them. So you're not going to see my pins. And then to, to add to that, um, if you have someone in, in a precarious position, it's not advantageous to hold them on their back. Whereas in folk style, you get points for actually holding them. In freestyle, generally, you can you could let them off their back and then transition likely into something else. Like a lot of times when you let someone off their back, you can transition into a trap arm or another gut wrench or potentially some type of leg lace scenario. Say if you double leg them and they're on the back, then you can put the knees together and start transitioning to something down low. So there's just not a huge incentive to hold someone on their back and, and work for a fall. Um, obviously, there are a few scenarios when, you know, if you get them in a precarious position, you might as well, just, you, know, you get them a cradle. Well, you might as well try to finish them there, um, but it's just not rewarded all that much. So I don't know. This this is a total like change up here, but I just realized that something that I thought happened was a dream. So I, I, I what in the this, world? Or where are we going with this? Open actually happened. I thought that Brand Matt's wrestled Anthony Cassiope full style duel, and Matt's turned down and. Christian, I don't know if you're choppy to everyone, but you're definitely choppy to me. All right, I'm gonna back up and start the story over because up till right now, I thought that hit a little Oh, Christian, your story is your story is jinxing us. You're breaking up again. Uh oh. 
Oh, man, we've been good all show. What's up? Yeah, so I don't have any dreams about Brandon Metz. <laughs> Although we did win the, he did win that overtime match this weekend, which was pretty crazy. Christian, let's see if you're back now. Okay, let's see. I really um, – is it better, Ben? Yes, it is much better. All right, I really thought that, like, Anthony Cassiope was hurt because of a leg lace that – Brandon Metz hit in a folk style match and hurt him. And he won by like, I really thought I've been thinking about like Cassiope was injured oh, up until this point. And I'm like, that didn't happen. They didn't wrestle. Um, I don't know. So you woke up this morning and you're like, dang, you think Cassiope really got hurt in a folk style match and Brandon Metz hit a leg lace on him. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was that dream was that real. Right in front of real. Like, at that. Wow. And Am I about again? Uh, you guys, you guys are really breaking up again. I we should, maybe should uh, call it a Let's show. Go. You're actually frozen on the screen. Dang it! Let's call Tyler. You can hear me. Much for listening. I'm sorry that the internet an hour and a half in got bad, but uh, we'll do what we can. Tomorrow will be better. We're gonna be on the event. Uh, Wi-Fi, so it will be stronger. It will be strong like Ben Aspen and Brandon Max, two powerhouse titans of wrestling and MMA. We'll see you then. So I heard. Bye.